This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Now back to Spears and Ali on 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, ESPN Tucson. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. Justin Spears here with Ali Farhang. And uh, we got a very special guest joining us uh, to start off this hour, Bob Elliott's former Arizona Wildcats big man, probably uh, one of the best big men of all time to ever play for the Arizona Wildcats, uh, joined Arizona under head coach Fred Snowden and put up insane numbers. And probably one of his more uh, memorable performances, he put up 38 points and 25 rebounds against the Arizona State Sun Devils. So Bob Elliott is an absolute stud, an absolute legend at the Arizona for the University of Arizona men's basketball program. And this is a big year for Bob Elliott because uh, not only was he uh, standing there to support Al Fleming, the late great Al Fleming, who uh, still has the record for most points by Wildcat at McHale Center. Uh, Al Fleming was inducted into the Ring of Honor, and Bob Elliott was Al's teammate at the University of Arizona. And Bob Elliott stood with Al Fleming's family during the Ring of Honor ceremony, which I thought was really incredible. But Bob Elliott also helped open up the African-American Museum of Southern Arizona, which is installed right now in the University of Arizona Student Union. Um, So the Alumni Heritage Hall, if you're uh, familiar with uh, the the University of Arizona Student Union, the Alumni Heritage Hall, that's where the African-American Museum of Southern Arizona is located. And the story behind it is absolutely incredible. But to have something like this, a, a piece of history, be at the University of Arizona, and the fact that Bob Elliott was the guy who put all this together, um, I think is is really awesome. And uh, we got Bob Elliott uh, joining us here in just a moment or so. But, Ali, when you think about uh, Bob Elliott's presence or just you know his overall role with the Arizona basketball history, what stands out to you? You know, I think the word you just used is what stands out to me, presence. Uh, Bob has a presence in every court that he stepped foot, stepped foot on in every boardroom as a professional that he walked into in every room he walks into Bob Elliott has a presence and he is of all the accolades athletically professionally and otherwise he is truly one of the nicest gentlemen you'll ever meet absolutely and uh you know for being a guy that came from Ann Arbor Michigan to play for Fred Snowden at the University of Arizona. I mean, that's got to be somewhat of a culture shock, right? Yeah. And uh, he's an, he's an all-time he's he's going to he's in the pantheon of all-time legends with this university. No doubt. And uh, we're very appreciative to have Bob Elliott joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio right now. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we appreciate it. And most recently, you helped put together the African American Museum of Southern Arizona in the University of Arizona Student Union. Uh, what can you tell us just about, you know, why you were able to put this together and also the story, uh, the, the inspiration behind all this by your grandson, Jody? Well, first of all, th- thanks for having me on the show. Um, 
It's a good thing it's not TV because you see a black man blush with all the things you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we meant to every word, Bob. Hey, Bob, don't worry. That's what Justin looks like every single day when he walks out in the sun for one second. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. You know, when you're, when you're that skin color and you got that hair, yeah, you, you would probably red up pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but but it, it's, it's something that um, is really more of a passion for my wife than for me only because when she was in school at the U of A, she went over to Pima and took a black history class and they had a guest speaker that day and she comes home. We were, we were married in college and she comes home and she's like, I just met the most incredible guy. He said, he's got a book coming out and his name is Alex Haley. Okay. Well, the book was Ruth. Then came the miniseries, and she's been on a mission ever since about family history and legacies. So with the African-American Museum of Southern Arizona, um, let, let's be real. One of the problems we've had at the University of Arizona is the retention and recruiting of African-American students, faculty, and staff. And I think this will end up being a great resource for the university all across campus, and it's already started. But to answer your question how this started, so two years ago, which in, 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 in a way is like unbelievable, but two years ago, our youngest grandchild, uh, Jody, was in first grade, and, and he's doing the pandemic deal, right? So he's going online. His teacher assigned everybody in class. It's February. It's Black History Month. Do a report on an African-American hero or shiro. And so Jody goes online, and, and you know, this, I don't care if he's in first grade. These kids know how to operate going online and going to the Internet and everything else. So he finds the regular cast of characters, the Martin Luther King, so General Truth, et cetera, Harriet Tubman. And he leans over to my wife, and he says, Nanu. See, the grandkids call her Nanu, call me Big Pop. Or now, now Jody's gotten cool, see, so I'm Big P. <laughs> but either way, um, she, my wife is on the advisory board for a museum up in Ann Arbor in Washtenaw County, and it took them like 23 years to open, which is kind of normal, 15 to 25 years. Yeah. So luckily there was a learning curve, and, and he says, well, where's the museum in Tucson that I can go see people who look like me that have done something? So Bev contacts her people back in Ann Arbor who are tied to the Wright Museum in Detroit, which is tied to the Smithsonian in D.C. And they came back and said, there is not an African-American museum in the state of Arizona. Wow. Not in the state. So Jody sits there. I mean, the kid is seven years old. He looks at my wife and says, well, then you need to start one. And I'll help. Wow. And this little guy has been a part of every function that we've been a part of. Um, for example, so he knew that the university, like Adia Barnes and her team came by and uh, the football team came by and, and he said, Hey, they're going to want candy. So, all right, Jody. So what we got to do? We got to go over there to some place, buy a bunch of bags, a bunch of candy and let's stuff them. And he was right. <laughs> the football players, the women, basketball women, the volleyball team has been through, they like the candy. I like, well, you know, it's nice having a young guy on, 
around here to tell us what the young people want. <laughs> Bob Elliott joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. And as uh, as I know, I believe uh, one part of the African American Museum of Southern Arizona, one part is actually dedicated to your head coach at the U of A in Fred the Fox Snowden. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen that part, what can they expect when they see that, and what kind of impact did Coach Snowden make on your life? Well, Justin, if Coach Snowden and Dave Strack don't convince me to come out here, you and I are not having this conversation right now. Yeah. Because Tucson, Arizona was not on my map out of the 300-something schools to go to. But then Coach Snowden, through Dave Strack, who's the athletic director, who goes to John Schaefer, the president of the university, and says, we're going to get a new coach. I got the right guy for you. Now, what some people don't know about Coach Snowden, you know, from the Detroit area, Dave Strack used to be the assistant athletic director in Michigan before, and before that he was the basketball coach. So when it got time to bring in an assistant coach for Johnny Orr, he recommended Fred Snowden. That made Coach Snowden the first African-American to have a major assistant coaching job in the U.S. This is 1968. So when it comes time to find a coach, Coach Strack goes to Dr. Schaefer, and he's like, I got the guys for you. And they came down, started. This is the 50th year anniversary of the hiring Coach Snowden. It's also the 50th year anniversary of the opening of McHale. So if you come to the museum, we have a center table, which is like the hot topic for the month. So coaches both on the center table as well as in the back in his own little display case. And, you know, the first is the first that we tell our grandkids. There's only one first. Coach Snow is the first black coach, Division One, major university, major conference, and it unlocked the door for all the other coaches and other institutions to feel comfortable hiring a black man to lead their program. Uh, Just, I know you were at the Stacey Snowden chat that we had yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yep. One of the things that really touched me, two things. One was Tommy Lloyd was in row two with some popcorn and soaking in the whole story. But afterwards, Steve Robinson, the assistant coach, who's been a head coach, he comes up to me and says, Bob, I really need to talk to Stacy Snowden. I say, hey, Steve, we'll put that together. And he was so thankful for what Coach did to unlock the door for him to have an opportunity like he did to be a head coach, yeah. which he was. And it was real touching. The whole day was, the whole night was emotional with Stacy and former players and, and community panel. And, you know, that was one of the two deals that we've done in terms of um, fireside chats. The first one we did was two months ago in November. We brought Ruby Bridges here. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Ruby Bridges, but everybody knows that Norman Rockwell painting of a six-year-old black girl being escorted by four large white federal marshals as she integrated the New Orleans school system. 1960, November 14th. That was the beginning of integration through the South, which then went toward the North and, and throughout the United States. Mm-hmm. Ruby came here and told her story. And it's not like reading it in a book. 
It's not even like watching it on a movie. Here is that person, 68 years old, telling her story of what she went through. And remember now, she's a six-year-old in New Orleans. She said originally, with people, all these crowds and people are throwing things, she said, oh, this must be another Mardi Gras. Wow. Then she realized they were throwing rotten tomatoes and eggs, and the story was, was so moving. So that's when we decided, you know, originally our tagline for the museum was we wanted people to leave and say, I didn't know that. After the Ruby Bridges fireside chat, we said, we are a movement, not just a museum. We want to bring people to Tucson that can help educate our whole community about life as an African-American or black. I've had a couple of calls like that. Okay, so Bob, do I say African-American or do I say black? And I said, first of all, it depends on the tone that you use it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but sec- second of all, depends on who you're talking to. So one of the interns we had is a, a young student from Chad, from Africa. He said, no, I am not an African-American. I am a black. So you kind of have to watch and see who it is you're talking to. Yeah. But the tone is more than anything. Okay, if the tone doesn't sound right, you forget who you're talking to. Absolutely. Well, and Bob, you know, so I'm so happy on so many levels as a guy that grew up, born and raised here, for what you're doing with this museum. And I've always said for so many years, you know, why does the university not shout to the mountains, hey, we hired the first major Division One black coach. Hey, we had one of the first... African-American football players in, in major college football and Fred Baptiste in 1949. Do you think this museum, as you alluded to, is not only going to educate but help grow the community in Tucson? And, and Yes. You know, education, knowledge, experiences, it all goes together. And, like, here's a story about Fred Baptiste. So, my, right, my wife was sitting there writing letters to the uh, Hall of Fame committee and said, hey, here's a guy who is the first black letter winner in any sport at Arizona, Fred Petit. How come he's not in the Sports Hall of Fame? So Rocky LaRose gets back to Bev and says, okay, we're, we've got the boat. He's going in. Now we have another problem. So Bev said, what's that? You know, their family left here a lot of years ago. We don't have anybody in the family that can come represent him. Yeah. So one of my wife's friends is a, a lady by the name of Renee McDonald. So she and Bev have been in the NBA Wives Association for about 30 years. I mean, her husband is Glenn McDonald, played for the Celtics, uh, actually played for Lou Olson at, at Long Beach City or State. Well, when Sean Elliott's stepmother... Odie, uh, not Odie, Odie's real mother. Um, oh, I got her face. That's the problem getting older, mate. All of a sudden, you, you, you draw a blank. Rita, Rita Elliott. When she passed away, Renee said, I'm coming to town because one of our family members is having a funeral. And she's a Batiste. Hmm. So my wife is like, just out of the blue, she calls Renee and says, hey, I know you said that you're some connection to the Batiste family. Fred Batiste is going to go into the Sports Hall of Fame to try to find somebody from the family. Renee calls her back and says, and just just crying, just bawling. She said, Bev, 
that's my father. Oh my goodness! Whoa! Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's things like that, you know, to to get these stories out that people don't know. Wow. So that's what the museum's about. It's about getting the stories out. Bob, real quick, we got about a minute left before we go to commercial break, but uh, to open up the African American Museum of Southern Arizona leading up to Black History Month, doing it a few weeks ago. Uh, how moving was it, especially at a time this year in Black History Month? You know, first of all, we, you know, it's going to be a challenge. We're dealing with a white sheet of paper and trying to do everything and start from scratch. Uh, the museum, according to the fire marshal, holds 71. So we have our ribbon cutting on January 14th, and we said if we can get 70 people total between 10 and noon, I think that'd be a win. 362 people came through there. One guy was laughing out front in the line. He said, you know, this is like being at the post office at Christmas time. Take take a number and wait. <laughs> so that kind of tipped us off as to what's going on. So now, since those three weeks have gone by, we have 38 group, school groups or senior groups signed up to take a tour. And some of these, besides Tucson and, and, and Southern Arizona, Phoenix, Flagstaff, Yuma, because we're the only African-American museum in the state. Wow. Bob Elliott, Arizona basketball legend, joining Spears and Ali. Uh, Bob Elliott uh, helped open up the African-American Museum of Southern Arizona. Go check it out in the University of Arizona Student Union. Bob, we appreciate you, and we thank you uh, so much for joining us today. And congratulations on a great year, and I can't wait to see the new museum. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, Bob. That was great, man. And, uh, you know, I, I knew Bob growing up just from watching Arizona games because he was the the color analyst right. with uh, Dave Sitton right. on the Fox Another Sports legend. broadcast. Yeah, my guy, my, my rugby coach. Yeah. so Miss him. Bob Elliott, world-class, man. Go check out the African-American Museum of Southern Arizona. If you, you're familiar with the U of A Student Union, it's located where Alumni Heritage Hall yeah. used to be. Hey, all I know is we made Bob out. Elliott blush. Today, today's a good day. It is a good, <laughs> it is a good day. <laughs> All right, don't go anywhere. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. This hour of Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson is presented by Tucson Federal Credit Union and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. So the Phoenix Suns getting it done last night over the Sacramento Kings. Kevin Durant was sitting courtside looking at his new team, and the Suns look pretty good. Now they're about to add Kevin Durant. Looks like the Phoenix Suns are going to be among the favorites in the Western Conference. Let's talk about that big trade and the current state of the Suns leading into All-Star break with Dwayne Rankin, Suns beat reporter from the Arizona Republic. Dwayne, it's been a long time since we uh, last talked with you. We thank you once again for joining us today. Hope you're doing well, my friend. And, man, big trade. Getting a guy like Kevin Durant, it certainly reopens the championship window for the Phoenix Suns. But, you know, looking at how they played last night, when you add in a guy like Kevin Durant, what's really the potential of this Phoenix Suns team? Well, I mean, when you saw them, you know, Sacramento doubling Booker, well, you know, who are you going to double now? Uh, because if you decide to double... It's just how you decide to double Booker again. 
you know, when Durant's out there, now you you, you risk the <laughs> you risk giving Durant open looks, and vice versa. If you double Durant, then you risk giving Booker open looks. So it's be interesting to see how uh, the defense decides to play them when they're both out on the floor. And it'll be interesting to see what the Suns do offensively. Is it going to be just a spread, and or are they going to actually have plays where guys are moving and cutting? Durant played at Golden State, so there was a lot of movement when he was there. So he's used to that. Uh, Booker, his first first year under Monty Williams, they ran a lot of plays, cuts, movements, back doors. Curious to see how much of that is going to be involved in the offense. But you know, you're adding someone in Durant that can score 30 in a sleep. Yeah. So it's a matter of how they maximize his abilities to go with the other four guys on the floor. I think him and Booker won't have a problem. Uh, depends on how Chris is running the show in terms of handling the ball. That's going to be curious. But the other two guys, whether it's Aiden and Torrey Craig or Aiden and Josh Okoig, whoever it is, uh, that's going to be interesting to see how the other two players play with Booker, Paul, and Durant. You know, Dwayne, any time a team makes a move, there's always the haters out there. They always want to judge and say why it's not going to work. And the thing that you heard about the Suns is, yeah, you got KD, but you gave, a, you gave up Camp Johnson, Mikhail Bridges. Where's your depth coming from? And, man, I look at these guys like Torrey Craig, Josh Okoji, TJ Warren, now Terrence Ross coming back or coming over, uh, getting bought out of his contract. I think the Suns got the, the depth to, to make a run. What, what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, don't underestimate the loss of Mikael Bridges. Uh, that was, he was a huge part of this team. Uh, defensively, best on-ball defender. Offensively, was evolving. And he was someone that you could put the ball in his hands and he can go make a play with it. So, can't underestimate losing him. That's the biggest piece that they lost. Uh, Cam Johnson's ability to shoot the ball. You know, Damian Lee can shoot threes. He can make threes. But he isn't shown consistently the way Cam Johnson has. This isn't a matter of what they can't do. It's just a matter of what they lost. And then when you look at it in return, Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren are two guys that can go get a, can get a bucket. And when you're in the playoffs, that's huge because somebody can create and get a bucket, specifically when you're on the floor with the guys they're going to be on the floor with. So those two additions are huge. Akogi has been – playing very well as of late. I think he's seizing the opportunity that is with Mikhail and Cam being traded, and he's taking advantage of it. And then Torrey Craig has been – he's been a stabilizer all season when you look at the injuries, his ability to play a three or the four and the adjustments that he has made in this game to do whatever the team needs. And, of course, you have Landale. He'll, he'll be that backup five. And, and uh, they have, you haven't even talked about Landry Shamit. And Cameron Payne when they get back. So this isn't a matter of whether they don't have depth, because they do. Yeah. It's a matter of is it good enough to get this team to where it needs to go. And only time will tell on that. Well, and to that question, is it good enough to get to where it wants to go, who, in your opinion, is the number one or the top two challengers to the Suns in getting to the to the finals? Well, I mean, you're looking at Denver. Denver is the – uh, best uh, has been the best team in the West all year. Their starting five is starting five is special. I mean, you, you looking at Jokic, uh, you know, Gordon is having a having one of the best years he's ever had. If not his best year, 
Michael Porter Jr., knockdown shooter, Jamal Murray. He, he's someone that has been the Suns, you know, assassin. Like, he has just had huge games against Phoenix in his career. And then you had uh, Caldwell Pope, who uh, has not only championship experience, but he's a good fit with that group. So Denver is the one, and then 1A is Dallas, uh, not just because of Kyrie Irving. That's, oh, that's a huge part of it. But what Dallas will do is they will play small, and they will spread them out, and then they will ask the Suns to match them skill for skill. Yeah. And the Suns had issues guarding Luka last year. They've had issues guarding Kyrie. Your best defender was just traded. So now how do they handle that? Is it going to be a shootout where they're just, you know, you know, last team with the ball wins? Or who's going to defend in that series if they, if they have that series? And then when I look at that, look at that possible matchup, you know, Aiden, you know, he will be huge in that. Uh, he will have the advantage um, in that situation. But will there be times that, say, the, say Monty Williams says, we'll play Durant at the five, and have him guard Cleaver. I'm curious to see if they do match up how the Suns match up against Dallas when Dallas goes small. That's when Dallas won the series. They went small. They spread the Suns out. They had a lot of they had guys that could get their own shot, Jim Woody and Luca, and their other three guys just stood around and hit threes. And so those are the two, Dallas and uh, Denver, with Denver, I think, being the toughest opposition. But Dallas – uh, that's going to be a very interesting game when they play next month. Absolutely, that'll be a preview of what could be in a playoff situation. Dwayne, on the the same day that new owner Matt Ishbia has an introductory press conference and talks about, oh, we're just fine with the roster the way it is, but we're always looking to improve on it. Several hours later, you get the Woj bomb, the Shams bomb of Kevin Durant being dealt to the Phoenix Suns. So really on day one, Matt Ishbia is pulling off a trade like this. You know, with him kind of setting the tone like this, what do you think is the potential of the future with Matt Ishbia as owner of the Phoenix Suns? He's going to obviously be someone that's going to be highly aggressive um, and looking to make moves to better the team. I've said it before, I'll say it again. When you spend $4 billion to get the Suns and the Mercury, the money's not an issue. Money's not an issue. He paid way more than anybody else was willing to pay, which is a huge reason why he got the teams. So money is not an issue with him if you're going to do that. And I look at him being aggressive. I think the key will be, you know, what moves does he make, the the, the smaller moves, like, like you know, like this basically storage move. Um, could it pan out to something later? Possibly. But those are the moves. The big moves are important. Don't get me wrong. Those are huge. And then getting Kevin Durant. And after you, this is after you didn't get Kyrie. So he was swinging for the fences right out the gate. So, you know, you have a situation where the big moves he's shown he can pull them off. The key now will be can he pull off the big moves and keep a piece? Maybe they don't want to give up. And then the smaller moves where. You're not adding this great player. You're adding a piece that can help your team remain where it's at. Those are the moves to me uh, that's going to – I'm curious to see how he does in those instances, whether it's making a trade, whether it's going after a free agent. 
the draft is kind of they gave up a lot of picks, so I uh, don't see them impacting anything with the draft. Unless they can get back in a draft with a trade, which is possible. But the moves that are – the big moves are important, but those intermediate moves that keeps a team where it needs to be or takes it to another place, I'm interested in how he handles or what kind of moves he approves in that sense. And him and James Jones have a huge relationship. And how do they – so far you're looking at it and going, oh, okay, they worked that out. They gave up a piece they didn't really want to give up, but they did to get a player like Kevin Durant. How do they move forward and staying on the same page in connection with Monty Williams to continue to bring in players that fit a number of areas, boxes, yeah. whatever you want to call it, to keep them at their keep them in terms of the culture, the environment the vibe, and the style of play, and the level of play. Dwayne Rankin, Phoenix Suns beat reporter for the Arizona Republic, joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. For all the latest with the Phoenix Suns, be sure to follow Dwayne on Twitter and check out his content at azcentral.com. Dwayne, always appreciate you. Thank you, as always, for your insight. All right, y'all. Y'all be easy. You too. That will be easy. Thank you. <laughs> I will take that advice and be easy. <laughs> well, you know who's certainly being easy right now is uh, Cisco Andrews. Cisco Andrews is the winner of our Pigskin Pick'ems Challenge from wow. this football season. Good for him. Uh, he is the winner of the grand prize, so he, he gets a $1,000 gift card from uh, our sponsors. So huge so shout-out like to Cisco Light, Andrews. Right? Yep. Great taste. Also, I heard a rumor, less filling. Only 96 calories yeah. from Miller Lite. And a Chica Smoke Shop, right? Where you never pay city or state sales tax at Mission and Drexel. And you go to a smoke shop and you never pay city or sales tax and city or state sales tax. Mm-hmm. And then you get a nice, crisp, 96-calorie Miller Lite. And a $1,000 gift and card. And 1000 bucks. It's pretty good. I mean, I know there's a triple-double in basketball. That's a triple-double in life. No doubt. Absolutely. Also, with uh, March just around the corner, make sure you keep uh, listening for the return of the March Brackets. We're going to have a March Madness Challenge here on Spears and Ollie. Well, Andrew and I look forward to fighting it out for first place. (laughs) 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 So keep listening for the uh, Bracket Challenge and... uh, you can also uh, keep your eyes peeled on ESPNTucson.com. Uh, Phoenix Suns, next up, they got the L.A. Clippers tomorrow at 8 p.m. You can listen to that game right here on ESPN Tucson, or you can uh, watch it on TNT, and it's the last game before the All-Star break. You know, I've watched a couple of the Suns press conferences since the uh, KD trade. Yeah, they, I, they I, seem so giddy now, right? I just wanted to say, I all don't think energy. I've seen Monty Williams smile that much in all of his tenure in Phoenix. <laughs> he looks like the, the looks, cat from Alice in Wonderland. He looks like he woke up on Christmas morning and got the G.I. Joe with the Kung Fu grip and everything. I mean, <laughs> he's got the Kung Fu grip. He's got the Kung Fu grip. He's got like three different uniforms. Christmas was good for Monty Williams. Man, th- our... Our total uh, disaster scenario as Laker fans could come to fruition. The Suns winning a title? Suns versus Celtics in the NBA Finals. Oh, man. Can't wait for them to win two games. That's the that's the hater ball right there for us. We're we're going to be hate watching. Yeah. It's, and it's like, I hope they both lose. And it's like, oh, well, I guess I can't root for anybody this year. I would actually root for the Suns. Would you really? Yeah, because 
Bleep Boston. Yeah, Bleep Boston. It's always, right. it's always it's about always that. It's always Bleep Boston. <laughs> that should be how we start and end every show. <laughs> Bleep Boston. True. All right, coming up next on Spears and Ali, Rob Gronkowski said what about his visit with the New England Patriots during the draft process? We'll talk about uh, what he had to say and his party days at the University of Arizona. More, more of that coming up next here on ESPN Tucson. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. ESPN Tucson invites you to the 98th annual Parada de los Vaqueros, the Tucson Brodia Parade. How's that, Ali? Sounded like you played a recording. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> ESPN Tucson invites you to the 9th annual Parada de Vaqueros. <clears throat> the Tucson Rodeo just, Parade. Just dubbed over. It's just ter- just what terrible. It, you asked me over. how it was. That's what it sounded you like. Saying I'm Millie Vanilli? A little bit. I'm Millie Vanilli with, in right now. Without all the movement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Tucson Rodeo Parade kicking off on Thursday, February 23rd, starting at 9 a.m. The parade kicks off at Ajo and Park. To see all the information on the Tucson Rodeo Parade, a.k.a. the Parada de los Vaqueros, just let it go, man. You're holding back. Prada de los Vaqueros. Said, like, this is a language that it's... I know. If you've got to be effusive. It's a beautiful language. The 90th language. annual Parada de los Vaqueros. Let it go. Yeah. Wow. Let it go. Channel Just like, uh, what's her name from uh, the, that Disney Frozen? movie? Frozen, yeah. Let it go. Let it go, buddy. <laughs> Channel your inner, uh, your inner chiquilin yeah. from uh, La Caliente. Oh, man. Our sister stations, I don't know how they do it, man. It's a it's an art. And it that really wraps is. up sports tonight with a great U of A win. This is Ruben Morales, <laughs> Channel 4 News. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Rob Gronkowski uh, went on a podcast recently and uh, talked about the NFL draft process. And when he went on his uh, tour meeting up with these teams, and he talked about parting – here in Tucson, Arizona, the University of Arizona, and then getting on a plane to go visit the New England Patriots. Rob Gronkowski explained it. Here's the clip. And uh, I partied super hard one night. This was one of my mistakes. Okay. I mean, I partied at University of Arizona one night, got absolutely hammered, had a jump on the flight the next day, and started this little tour. So I already put myself in the bag. So I'm going on this tour. I'm falling. I'm no sleep. I'm hungover already. I'm I'm visiting all these teams, and then I got to New England, and I'm cashed. Like I'm like I don't even care anymore. I was like, whatever team takes me, whatever round I go in, whippy do. Like I'm over this situation. <laughs> I'm over this process. It's like it's it was exhausting, an exhausting process. Yeah. And also I'm I was put myself to exhaustion before I even went on the process. Sure. So it was double exhaustion. <laughs> double so I show up, and I'm like, I don't give a flying no more yeah i go i'm just gonna f- just let it be i'm gonna let it fly here and it was the time it was the era where so many nfl players were getting in trouble and they just kept getting opportunities another team would sign them gotcha. this is like 2009 2010 if you go back there's a lot of guys getting in trouble Shit then and yeah. it didn't matter they would get a big contract still so then my theory was like you know just just let it fly all these all these guys getting in trouble I'll they're signing big deals i'm gonna do it too so I had the most craziest visit, man. My comments I was saying to their questions, I just let it fly. <laughs> and then they went to the playbook. They threw, they drew up some play. It was Billy O'Brien. Okay. The offensive coordinator now yeah, for yeah, uh, yeah. 
for the uh, back with the New England Patriots. Sure. He drew up a play. He came back, and I I didn't know one single thing. <laughs> I, my mind was shut off, and I was just like, I basically said something like, "It doesn't matter. Just throw me to football." <laughs> yeah, it's just like that. Just like that. And they're just mind blown. They're like, "This guy is out of hand." <laughs> then I go upstairs, pass right out. Right on the floor. I'm so tired. Pass right out on the floor while waiting for the next coach to talk to. Pass right out. So my visit was maybe the worst visit of all time. And I walked away from the New England Patriots. I mean, there was a lot more detail, like how sure. outrageous it was. Sure. But that, we just need the glimpse of it. Yeah. And I walked out. And I said to myself, that team is either going to draft me or that team is either crossing me off the list. Instantly. Right now. Instantly. Wow. I said, it's either or. And then... Look what happened. <laughs> they took. Yeah. They drafted him in the second round. They certainly did. Worked out for them, too. It, it certainly worked out worked for Worked out them. for Tom Brady, too. Yep. BFFs for life. Yeah. Yep. So I'm wondering if that was when they realized Rob Gronkowski's our guy. Because remember, at that time, he missed his last season at Arizona because he had a back issue. So he had surgery, was out for the whole season because of a back issue, People were wondering, yeah, he was the greatest tight end in college football, but his injuries, obviously he didn't have the greatest interview. And the New England Patriots said, we're going to roll the dice on this. And uh, I, I think it's Bill Belichick once again, showing that he can scout some pretty good talent. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Rob like Gronkowski. Mac Jones. Sometimes it doesn't. Aaron Hernandez. Y yeah. So, New England at that time wasn't really checking off character, so Rob was good. Yeah. And Rob's got a great character, it turns out. Yeah. When if you watch... Other guy's a murderer. Well, what, what's crazy is, like, you watch the, the Aaron Hernandez documentary, and Urban Meyer even said it himself, I was really worried that the New England Patriots drafted him. Like, I would have been totally okay if, like, the Dolphins or the Chargers... Somebody drafted him where Aaron was pretty much on the complete other side of the country and wouldn't have access to the the friends that he was around and the people that was obviously bad for him. So he goes to, to the New England Patriots and people think, oh, it's the it's the Patriots way. He's going to just be this dominant force and he's going to get back into shape and his immaturity and his uh, wanting to be this kind of gangster. It's 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 not going to happen. And sure enough. He goes back home, and it just the rest is history. Yeah, weren't they drafted in the same draft? They were. Kowski and Hernandez. They Hernandez were. was like the fourth round. Hernandez yeah. It was like a first round talent. That, yeah. Uh, that fell because of you know character issues to the fourth round out of Florida. So, yeah. Uh, but man, I mean Rob Gronkowski is just a treasure, and I'm so glad that he's a University of Arizona guy because. I mean, we, we honestly could have a Gronk segment every part of every show that we have. We could have a Gronk segment. The guy yeah. is just he's just amazing. He was great here when he spoke at the Arizona Bowl. Um, and I wonder if we can get him back every year because he was amazing. Yeah. And I'm really happy now that he's done playing football. He's being a, a Fox analyst and doing a great job, uh, doing a very solid job. And I think that, you know, we're, we might see him more in WWE and AEW and all that stuff, being a wrestler probably in some more movies. Rob Gronkowski's at the, the point in, in his life. I mean, he's always had fun. The one thing about Gronk is that you've never, ever seen him have a bad day. 
And I think a lot of people have said that. It's like it, it's it seems like Rob Gronkowski never has a single bad day, and now he gets to kind of live that life, but not have to deal with the football side of it, which really took a toll on his physical and mental health. Yeah, I I think uh, I think he's done with football, man, and I think he has found his path. And if he continues to do what he's doing, like uh, uh, the the commentating on Fox, being in the studio, yeah, he's gonna do really well. So we know what's next for Rob Gronkowski. He's enjoying life as the uh, retired guy. But what's next for quarterbacks like Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, some other notable names in the NFL? What's their future hold? We'll talk about all that coming up next year on Spears and Ali. Spears. Justin Spears, I like that. And Ali. I want to be entertaining, but I'm not stupid enough to compare myself to Ali. We'll be right back on 1490 AM ESPN Tucson. So what's next for a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL? Uh, we're going to talk about that real quick to end hour number two here. Uh, we got hour number three coming up, and uh, we're going to talk to Porter Larson from ESPN in Salt Lake City uh, about the Arizona-Utah game on Thursday, and we'll also uh, talk uh, Pac-12 media rights deal and also Arizona basketball as well in the 5 o'clock mm-hmm. hour. But Ollie, uh, Aaron Rodgers was recently on the Pat McAfee show, and uh, Pat McAfee um, obviously does a great job with his show, and um, he's <laughs> in, great in tank tops. G- going to going great to selection <laughs> of tank tops. That yes, guy. also going to court with uh, Brett Favre. Going yeah. to court, going to court with Brett Favre, and then Brett Favre's uh, suing for defamation. or Yeah, something? and Pat McAfee's like, well, we talked about your case, and we've said the word allegedly many times, but apparently you don't like us talking about you. And I'm wondering if this has anything to do with um, Pat McAfee's co-host. Isn't he a co-host with A.J. Hawk? He is. Former yeah. Pittsburgh, or not no, Pittsburgh Steeler. Green Iowa. Bay, Green, Green Bay Packer. Green Bay Packer, Iowa Hawkeye. Yeah. Or no, no, A.J. Hawk was an Ohio State Buckeye. Yes, he was. Yeah. Um, maybe. Is th- something I. Does that have anything to do with him? I, I'm not so sure, but Brett Favre is upset. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers is going on Pat McAfee's show, and it looks like Pat McAfee's part of this inner circle. Aaron Rodgers says, any reporting from Ian Rappaport, Aaron Rodgers, not Aaron Rodgers, uh, Adam Schefter, and a couple other people, it's it's fake news. Good. Whatever they whatever they say, don't don't believe them. They're not a part of the inner circle. And he has not started his four-day retreat yet, but uh, he joined Pat McAfee's show, and he's got, like, bedhead, like, bed hair, like, he's got messed up hair. And uh, he's like, I'm getting ready for my retreat. I haven't started it yet, but he's going to. So the four days of darkness has yet to start for Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I think he's going to be filming it. So we're it, it could be part of some sort of like a little mini docu-series on Netflix or something. I don't know. But I, I believe he's filming his experience. What would you title it? What would uh, you title Four Days of Darkness with Aaron Rodgers? There you go. Just that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Brainless in the dark? <laughs> it... <laughs> It immunized in the darkness. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, he's going to make his if decision. If a tinfoil hat, if there's no light does a tin, and a tinfoil hat uh, drops in a empty cabin, does it make a sound? <laughs> I don't know. It's an avant-garde title, that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, probably a little too long. <laughs> so but let's talk what, about the cor- uh, the quarterback carousal, yeah, well, carousel. Well, uh, carousal. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what you call it. <laughs> it's going to be a carousal, man. Uh, I think the Jets are going to screw it up. I heard they're... Uh, they're actually negotiating uh, to try to get Ryan Tannehill 
from the Tennessee Titans to Ooh. the Jets. So, I saw a story that a lot of teams are concerned with Derek Carr playing in the cold. That any time he gets into cold conditions, he does not perform well. I and so, don't know a team like the New York Jets are yeah. like, oh, maybe we should hold off on getting this guy. Maybe. I, I, th- I think Aaron Rodgers is going gonna, is gonna to go to the Raiders somehow, I, some I way. I do, too. And, you know, the Raiders just had to waive Derek Carr because his contract and his $40 million was about to become guaranteed. Yeah. $40 million. We could talk about this forever. Derek I want, Carr, I've wanted to ask you this since I saw it yesterday. It looks like your guy, the blonde Justin, Justin Herbert, the quarterback for the L.A. Chargers, is going to sign a six-year, $292 million. It averages $49 million a year. 130 million guaranteed. Yep. How do you feel about that? Deserve deserves every penny of it. Okay. Has done great so far. Um, I don't blame him one bit for that 27 nothing blunder. You go look at that play calling. It's all on Lombardi and Staley. And I thought that Staley should have lost his job, but he kept it. Fired the offensive coordinator. Now they have uh, Kellen Moore as their new offensive coordinator. So we'll see what happens there. But Justin Herbert has been rock solid ever since he's been drafted. Well, that's a perfect Chargers move. It's like, hey, we need some help. Hey, let's hire the guy from Dallas. Yeah. Good luck. (laughs) All right, hour number three coming up next. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali on the way.